0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network,
1: proudly presented by M-Prize Bank, your partner in possible. Who you do business with is more important than where they're located. Bank from the comfort of your own home with M-Prize Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of the KC Laboratory podcast with Ken Swanson, Craig Stout, and Matt Lane. Coming to you on the fastest-growing sports media network in Kansas City. You can find all of our channels covering all the local teams wherever you listen to podcasts or on YouTube. Just search KCSN. And now, the latest episode of the KC Laboratory.
2: It's another live edition of the Casey Laboratory presented by m Bank member FDIC. A very merry draft miss to all of you as well, to those observing the NBA draft right now. What's up, Matty?
3: Don't don't tease me about
2: that. Don't, don't. I'm, uh, hmm. you're not, you're I'm not, excited. not I, you're not watching it?
4: No, I am. I'm 100 watching it. Um, I think that's what we're doing for this show, right? We're just reacting no. to the no. the Charlotte Hornets not taking Scoot Henderson for some reason, and further pushing that franchise and organization into the gutter.
2: Uh, Matthew, can you pronounce the name of the Indiana Pacer turned Washington Wizard forward that was drafted at seven? Ooh,
4: was it like uh, Kubal? Kubali? Kubali?
2: You're not you're not you didn't do too bad
4: yeah see is the, craig and i talked about this and you weren't here i mispronounce names all the time but i just don't care that i mispronounce them i just kind of roll with it like it happens and okay so what you know what i mean
2: you're, you're still not nearly as bad as uh as craig stout is thanks everybody that's hanging out though uh it's always it's great, great to uh, to, to okay. see everybody supporting kc sports network um you know how five star reviews are always a big thing that are really helpful for all of us whenever uh you know you do that it's, it's very helpful but there's also something else just a quick reminder there are a few there are a few spots left for the KCSN golf tournament they are running out quickly they only got a few left want to make sure you jump on those while you still have a chance you get a team of four together $500 you're going to have an absolutely incredible time I cannot tell you how fantastic of a deal this golf tournament is. It's unbelievable. Like it it's you're going to eat so much food, tacos, bourbon, uh, some uh, barbecue stuff from, from Bearcat. You're going to get to play golf. You're going to hang out with friends. It's going to be a great time. I promise you, you're going to have a wonderful time at this golf tournament. Make sure uh, you take some of those last few spots. The links are in the description of the show for you to access that all right so what we've been doing uh every thursday if you don't know by now uh is we are doing our weekly previews uh of of the season of the teams that the chiefs will be playing it is the chargers turn and it is also the miami dolphins turn we'll start with the los angeles chargers chiefs play in week seven then also week 18 craig what's the quality of this roster
3: Hi, I'm Craig Stout. Thanks for introing me. Um, the quality of this roster is, uh, it's good. Of course it's good. This is the, you know, the 2020, however long here. It's not just the 2020s. We can get back into the 20-teens. Offseason champion, you know, Los Angeles Chargers. They routinely <laughs> put together an elite team on paper, and this year is absolutely no different. They got a stacked wide receiving core. Justin Herbert is a really good quarterback. They still got Austin Eckler in the backfield there. He's really good. Corey Lindsley played really, really well in the interior last year. This defense still has a whole bunch of studs that are all over the defense potential to be a top five defense. This is the, the quality of this roster. I feel like a broken record. The number of years that we've been doing this is phenomenal. It really is. Once again, You look at it and you go, this team should absolutely be contending for the AFC each and every year, which is why it's malpractice every single year that they don't.
4: Yeah, I mean, the the roster's good. Uh, It's always good. That's never the question with the Chargers. It's never a question of how good the roster may or may not be. The issue with it is it's kind of, and I guess that maybe that's part of the issue too. It's the same guys. It's been the same guys. Mm -hmm. This is a good roster. It's been the same guys. Yes, they have hit on some draft picks that are going to come through here and that are going to help. They've tried to make some adjustments, which we're going to talk about some of those guys, but like, you know, it's for the most part, it's the same team. And what that means is it's the same team that hasn't been good enough, whether it's injury related, whether it's coaching related, whether it's just simply not being good enough, that's who they are. The problem is they are a talented roster and when you're this talented, it's hard to just give up, go burn it down and start over. And I think the Chargers are kind of stuck in this no man's land where they don't know if they need to burn, turn it, you know, just sell pieces away, start from scratch, or if they keep trying to build with what they have. So what did they do? They locked themselves into Keenan Allen and Mike Williams even longer. And they're essentially trying to run it back (laughs) with a lot of the same pieces and if it's not good enough again, where do they go from there? Like this team has to be getting desperate, talented roster, but like e- there has to be desperation, even sinking in with the players on this team. Cause they've been a talented roster of the same guys for so long. Good roster. I just, I don't know. I don't know how you mentally flip that switch after this long.
2: It uh, It's a fantastic roster. I mean, that's why on paper, everyone thinks that they should win the AFC or the AFC West. And that's why on it. paper, they get picked in June every year because no games are played in June. No injuries can can uh, you know really happen in June. This is a I mean, they've got exceptional pass rushers. They've got exceptional exceptional defensive backs. They've got quality pass catchers. They've got a very very good quarterback. Who I mean, we'll see. I mean, he's a super talented quarterback. The 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 talent's undeniable. I have a lot. I'm trying not to be petty and. I'm trying to get my jokes. We'll see it. But I get why this team is always considered where they're considered. Uh, I also understand exactly why every year (laughs) Lucy pulls the football away from Charlie Brown. (laughs) Craig, what's the quality of the staff?
4: No, hold on. I want you to explain to me why why Lucy does that. I would love the breakdown of why this happens.
2: Uh... Yeah, you're a holder. Let's talk about this. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's it's typically counterproductive to do that. I have found. Uh, oh, really? Can you go over?
4: Can you Vic. give me the exceptions when it's not counterproductive to do that?
2: Uh, when you're running to run a fake. Okay. Of the, the kicker is good. Craig, when just you're running tell a fake. me. Just can we get Maddie shut up so we can talk about the quality of the staff, please? <laughs>
3: I would I would much rather you break down Lucy's hold than uh, to talk about the Sam, charges. I really anymore. would too. Because <laughs> it's, it's dude, not really matter.
4: People, the thirty-eight <laughs> people here with us would also love this, I, I assure you. <laughs> you got me wrong. All
3: right. Quality of the staff here is um I actually think it took a little bit of a step up this offseason. Kellen Moore joining this squad certainly gives the offense at least a different element. It remains to be seen if it's going to be the right element, but it's a different element. We've seen Kellen Moore have some success with, you know, the the Dallas Cowboys before Mike McCarthy showed up and ruined everything over there, but we we have seen him develop quarterbacks a little bit. It's certainly better in my opinion for Justin Herbert than Joe Lombardi was. It's just that's not the type of offense for Herbert. Yes, Herbert's robotic. He gets locked into that sort of stuff. You want a coach that's going to be able to unlock him a little bit and develop him a little more and maybe break him of some of those robotic tendencies. Joe Lombardi was never doing that for Justin Herbert. Maybe Kellen Moore can. So I look at this offense, which is realistically the thing that has held them back in previous years. That's the thing. The defense has been fine. The offense has been the one that's maybe let him down a little bit. Justin Herbert hasn't played to his full potential yet. If the real true gains are going to come this season and the Chargers are going to live up to any of their hype, I think it's going to come because Kellen Moore was able to get more out of Justin Herbert than anybody else has in Herbert's career so far.
4: Yeah. They definitely got better, right? Like, I mean, it's the coaching staff upgraded offensive coordinator, although – I think you do got to take a semi step back when you go back and look at Lombardi's like history, he's not been terrible forever. right? It's just been with the chargers. It wasn't a great connection. And I think, I wonder if part of that is now he was in full control over the offense and you know, Brandon Staley's not going to have anything to do with the offense. He no longer has Sean Payton looming over his shoulder to help him and kind of work as a team there. So now you bring in Kellen Moore, who kind of in, in Dallas, kind of the same thing. He had a head coach that also knew a little bit about offense that is going to work with him. So now we're going to get the full on Kellen Moore show. I'm interested to see what it looks like. I don't know what it's going to be. It it should be better. Kellen Moore did some fun stuff with Dallas, especially when Dak Prescott was hurt. I think he really did show out for them a little bit there and how he was able to get backup quarterbacks into this new game plan and let it work. So I do think they should have something going there that looks at least different, maybe not better, but at least different than what they had been struggling with the last few years. The problem is at the end of the day, I do just kind of wonder, is he the guy that is ready for have the entire offensive shoulder, you know, the uh, entire weight of the offense on his shoulders. And if he isn't, is Brandon Staley going to be able to cook up stuff defensively week in and week out. And not just when he plays the chiefs, he's excellent. When they play the chiefs, they're pretty darn good when they play other big matchups. It's the week in, week out stuff where Brandon Staley, you know, falls asleep sometimes and find a worse situational coach than Brandon Staley in the NFL right now. I think he lucked backwards. He lucked ass backwards, excuse my language, into some good, you know, analytics decisions, his first year coaching. And he immediately walked it back the next year, been like, yeah, I didn't mean to do that. And then he just messed up on every single one of them. It's just, terrible situational coach right now
2: yeah it's so fun it's it's he was the he was our king King. our analytics (laughs) the king he's our king and then your king had no (sighs) clue what he was doing and got every single fourth and short decision wrong the rest of his season and it didn't matter because he blew a giant lead in the playoffs Mm -hmm. i i i don't think brandon staley's good at this I don't have a ton of confidence in him as a head coach, as a leader of an organization. Um, I know the chaos of the decision-making process, by some indications, maybe didn't rub people right consistently. Uh, That sounds weird. But Kellen Moore, I really do like the addition of Kellen Moore. I don't blame him. Uh, I don't really... I I want to hold off some judgment on Kellen Moore because he's coming from... A mess with Mike McCarthy. Mm -hmm. I don't. I don't know. I, I I think that's a. I think that's just a giant mess in Dallas. And I. I don't know how. I, I. I'm giving a clean slate to Kellen Moore with belief that he's going to do good things for them, which is not good for the Chiefs. You have something else, Craig.
3: I, I do. Do you, do you think that Kellen Moore is better with a coach that actually believes in analytics, even if he gets them wrong a lot, <laughs> or a coach that <laughs> lies about
2: believing in analytics? That's the real question there. Uh, do you think Mike McCarthy watched all the Cowboys games before making a decision on whether or not to fire <laughs> Kellen Moore? No, no, absolutely not. He wanted him gone. I think yeah. we all know that. Yeah. Dak's going Dak's gonna to run so much slant flat next oh, year, it is going to be Uh, yeah seriously uh new additions Craig. um i mean i'm
3: gonna i'm gonna take the easy one here it's a guy that we all love quentin johnston um i think he fits really well in this offense we know that it's already kind of orchestrated as an offense that will throw some you know go up and get it type stuff and he has that potential even if he doesn't play like it yet um i think everybody looks at quentin johnston and expects him to be mike williams and now he gets to go and play with Mike Williams, a a guy that's going to be pretty dangerous in this offense. Even if you just line him up and you say, hey, listen, you're not going to be a contested catch guy. We're going to find ways to get you the ball, to get you in space. Use your ability after the catch to maybe do a little bit of damage. There is so much room in this offense for that. I think we saw at times guys like Jalen Guyton, You know, Josh Palmer, they they were used a little bit like that. And when I think of that sort of role, I definitely don't think of that style of guy. I think of a guy like Quentin Johnson. I think he's tailor-made to fit in there with what Keenan Allen does, with what Mike Williams does. Doesn't need to step in and just be this, you know, alpha number one wide receiver immediately because they've already got enough talent out there, but certainly has the capability to grow into that role while having a very defined one year one, I, I think that that's just a great addition to them.
4: I guess the Chargers haven't made a lot of roster tweaks uh, going into next no. season. It's largely the same roster. There's a couple small ones, then a lot of rookies. Um, mm. I'm doing a two for one, and Kent can just get over that's, himself. That's We're fine. Doing Eric Kendricks, the free agents, and mm. Diane Henley, the rookie linebacker free agent, and really, it's because they got to get Kenneth Murray off the off the field. You got to do whatever you can to get him off the field. Rundowns, like I used to have hope for him in rundowns. And like, there's some ups there, but I still don't know if I want him on the field on running downs, but you especially got to get him off the field on passing downs. So you bring in a veteran like Kendricks that's been around. He's been a good linebacker in the league for a long time now. Then you go get one of my favorite linebackers out of the draft. A guy that is very good in coverage, has a good feel in coverage. Like this is about getting rid of a guy that unfortunately you botched the first round pick a trade up on and the first round who just hasn't been able to live up to a little bit of the hype and the athletic profile. Maybe he'll look a little better in a reduced role that he can undergo this year. But yeah. So uh I think those two guys coming in the linebacker position for the chargers is probably a very big bonus for them. If they can just get him off the field.
2: I'm just fascinated with the, I, they made all their, they made all their moves last year. They went big last mm-hmm. year with big investments. This year has been a step back. They, you know, they drafted a bunch of guys and, and, Really didn't make a ton of big additions. They're kind of rolling with the team that they wanted on the field last year because that is a super talented team when it's healthy, even though it's never healthy. We're going to take a break. We'll be back right after this.
1: Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports
0: Network. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all
2: The season for the Chiefs, all of their opponents continuing with the Chargers. Player to watch for the Los Angeles Chargers, Greg.
3: For me, it's going to be Khalil Mack. Uh, Khalil Mack was brought in as... To be like a tone setter, to be a guy that Brendan Staley could use on all three downs. We heard all offseason about how Khalil Mack is going to reshape the front seven with not just his run defense, but with his pass rushing ability. And I don't look back at 2022 as like a Khalil Mack was awful sort of season. I, I think that he had glimpses and he showed fairly decently, but it's kind of a microcosm of everything staying healthy and continuing to play at a high level. That's what the Chargers have struggled with. Khalil Mack was brought in to be that sort of presence and be that all year long. I think this defense is going to be good regardless of if he is good, but he takes them to that next level who he is the one that can help close things out. He is the one that can help set the tempo. And he is the one that I think is kind of like one of the, the swing points on this defense that maybe can stop them from hemorrhaging a giant lead in the playoffs. They can maybe try and close out a divisional opponent that they have no business with another (laughs) divisional opponent hanging around. That's why he was brought in. Change the culture. Change the way that they do things. Not get into this, oh, no, we're charging again mentality. And it didn't happen in 2022. So I think that he needs to step into that role in a big, big way in 2023 and kind of elevate all of that, elevate all these young players, because like these guys said, it's not a whole bunch of new guys. It's a bunch of the same guys over and over again. The change has to come from within. And if that's going to happen, you're going to try and rely on a guy that's been around for a long time and can do that sort of stuff and gain the respect of a locker room.
4: I'll stick with another guy that they brought in last year. Uh, We're going to go with JC Jackson at the cornerback spot. They paid him a lot of money to be a lot better than he was. (laughs) Now, I get it. He was injured. I get it. They rushed him back while injured so that he could play against the Kansas City Chiefs and get completely toasted by Justin Watson. I get it. That was a decision that they made, and it was the incorrect one, of course. But they made it. Well, he, he just wasn't great last year. He just really wasn't. He was actually pretty bad in that system, being asked to play how they want him to play. Was he being protected a little bit in New England? Was him just getting to play man coverage across from other good corners and just getting to be overly physical at the line of scrimmage in that system, protecting him a little bit, or was he just misused last year, or was the injury a bigger deal than we thought? We're going to find out, but that defense needs him to be what they paid for. He can't even just be okay. I mean, he's got to be better than he was last year. He can't even just be okay. He has to outplay Michael Davis, who you know they tried to have him come in and replace, and he was worse than him last year. So he needs to take a big step forward for them. If he can't, with that contract, they're in a little bit of trouble. So uh, Mm -hmm. J.C. Jackson needs to take a big step forward for him because, yeah, they can't handle a repeat performance of what he did last year.
2: This isn't a cop out, but I'm it's, it's Justin Herbert. I I'm so fascinated with him right now. I he is an uber talent. Like he's 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 an incredible talent. Just a, an outstanding talent with just throws absolute dots. And I used to consider him a little too 7 on 70 for me, if that makes sense. I thought he was a little too robotic. I thought, you know, I didn't know, you know, I I thought it was just kind of a a elite camp type guy. Maybe, maybe wasn't the toughest player. I, I was wrong. I mean, that dude played through a lot of injuries last year. Now, granted, if he had some rib stuff, he played through it. That's not easy to do. And he played through it. He didn't play as well, but he still is. He he still played at a high level. Did he play through it? He played through it. He played through it. He played through it all year. I just, I don't know, man. It just seems like there's something it... It? <laughs> yeah. all year. In case you didn't hear, <laughs> yeah,
3: yes, I'm done. Please go, kid. I'm sorry, buddy. I love you.
2: <laughs> you guys, good. Yes, sure. Yeah, I'm not sure. Just, oh. but... no, I'm just kidding. Um, I don't <laughs> know. I, there's, there's just something holding me back from buying incompletely and I I don't know if it's I don't know if he has that killer instinct. Maybe that's what the the right word is. Like I think you can be competitive, tough, competitively tough and all that stuff, but maybe lack a little bit of a killer instinct. I don't know if he has that. And he hasn't been over, able to overcome, you know, the Mahomes, you know, hump. He hasn't been able, you know, he, they weren't good in the play. He wasn't good in the second half of the playoff game. Uh so I don't know it's it's a big year for him. And you know, they're not going to get rid of Justin Herbert and they're going to you know pay him a bajillion dollars, and they should. Mm-hmm. But you're talking, Maddie, about the whole existential crisis the Chargers might experience if they don't do anything this year. You know, they're still going to have to pay, they're still going to have to pay Justin Herbert. Like, that's still got you know, that you're still building around him, and they've built a ton of talent around him already. He's just it's it's interesting. Uh, it's why, Kel- Herbert, it's why Kellen Moore really. is so
3: important. It yeah. really is yeah. why he is so important, why we all talked about him so much, because that that's the number one decision. I think that – I think Brandon Staley's gone. Like, I don't think they're going to live up to expectations. But if Justin Herbert looks semi-decent under Kellen Moore, it gives them the confidence to turn around and say, okay, here's your bajillion dollars, and we're going to get another coach in. We're we're blaming the head coach here. You just needed some competency there. that is the single most important decision for their franchise in recent history that they have to make. So he has to be good this year.
4: Uh, So I'm going to, I got to defend Herbert a little bit and it'll parlay into my idea of how the chargers beat the chiefs. Justin Herbert's really freaking good at football. So yeah, of course they should build around him. Like we can sit here and say, they've given him a lot of help, they've given him a bunch of old wide receivers who can't stay healthy and patchwork offensive line to where he's getting jammed in the face by a helmet after two seconds, every single play and has an offensive coordinator whose play sheet is like 13 plays long tops. Like I guess they, it's not that they haven't given him help, but the help they've given him hasn't necessarily been perfect for him. And like people yeah. that have listened, know that I put some of that blame on Herbert too. Like I don't think Herbert is blameless in the check down offense and this offense. It doesn't push the ball vertically. But he's also – I mean, just watch him play. He's really darn good. He's really good at football. He processes the game really well. He has an arm that can put the football anywhere. He's got, like, the Tom Brady-level accuracy where a guy can be completely covered, but he's still going to put the football to where only his guy can has a chance to catch it. Like, he's great at football. So, yeah, they're going to build around him uh, regardless of what happens this year. I don't think that they have – I don't think the Chargers have done the best job. They've given him help, but I don't think they've done a great job building around him. I was not saying they the point. by the way. <laughs> i'm gonna lead to the point here how they beat the chief well kellen moore is better than lombardi and they Mm -hmm. call a better offensive game and justin herbert plays really really good again against the chiefs and they just score more points i don't think it's a complicated path to victory they just don't play. they get a better offensive performance justin herbert plays as well as he can for an entire four quarters and they just happen to outscore the chiefs
3: i mean It's about finishing. It's about finishing the game against the Chiefs. Like, they're in every one of these games. These are all close, tight games. And yet, somehow, the Chargers are 2-8 and against the Chiefs in the Patrick Mahomes era. And, I I mean, I didn't sit down and calculate out all of the point differentials. But it's not much. I mean, as a matter of fact... It might be very close to even because some of those end of the season type games, like one of the wins, came with the Chiefs resting all of their starters and the Chargers running up the score a little. bit. <laughs> so, are the
2: Chargers plus? Are they are they net positive for the? Season? Eh, they can't be net positive. They can't. It's but it's, 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 it's going to be close want it to be. Yeah. Yeah. that's Than yeah. you want it to be. I know,
3: but it, it, it's one of those. They just got to finish. How many overtime games have you know? Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey taking over. How many games have they just not been able to close the deal? Throwing an interception at the two-yard line or the one yard line and having it returned, you know, for a touchdown. Like the number of things that they were just this close against the Chiefs and couldn't finish the job. Like that's it. That's all they have to do. It's just finish the job and then they can beat the Chiefs. Problem is they can't right now. They just can't figure out a way to get out of their own way
2: uh I <laughs> they definitely can't uh it's I they they need to do the the thing that the Bengals you know did the first time they beat the Chiefs where they just go out of their way they go for it, they run out of the clock as much as they possibly can they mm-hmm. just leaving no doubt and like they're gonna they're gonna go to desperation if we're not care careful uh Chiefs non Mahomes MVP Craig yeah, uh,
3: and this one, oh man, this is going to be a tough one. I it, it's going to have to be somebody along the defensive line. I try and pick somebody a little different every time. I'm going Mike Dana. Um, Mike Dana has really good games against the Los Angeles Chargers, really kind of grew into his role last year under Joe Cullen. Joe Cullen has done nothing but praise him all offseason, man. Hates Justin Herbert, yeah. Hates Justin Herbert. Mike Dana is a super smart and sound defender on the defensive line. And so far that has absolutely punished everything that Justin Herbert has wanted to do under Joe Lombardi. We will see what happens with Kellen Moore, but Dana always shows up for these moments is always such a force in these games and has arguably been The non-Mahomes, non, I don't want to say anybody else's name. I I don't think anybody's going to say him, but I don't want to say anybody else, tight end. But, you know, the non-those-guys MVP, he's arguably been that on defense the past couple of times that these teams have played. So, I mean, yeah, I'm going Mike Dana in this game.
4: Uh, okay. So I like, I too, like Craig likes to mix it up, pick a new guy every single time here. And this week, uh, with the chargers adding all these new guys to the linebacker position, it's not really a great game for Travis Kelsey, but I'm going to pick him for that reason. So because it's a bad matchup, if he can go out there and have a big game, like that does a lot. If he goes out there and can beat this linebacker group that has taken, you know, have spent all this time, you'll know, bring in Eric Kendricks, drafting a guy in the third round. It's a coverage specialist oh, Derwin James, we're going to have him go out there and WWE body slam you, but then get shook off the field the next time you guys play kind of stuff. Like, they do all this stuff. They get all these guys out there to stop Travis Kelsey, but if they can't, whoo, that spells victory for the Chiefs, and we know Travis likes to come up big when they play the Chargers in the biggest moment. So give me Kelsey, I think, for the MVP this time.
2: Uh, I, have, Wow, that's, that's interesting. We, ha- we haven't heard you do that that's one. Great point. Uh, that's a great that's a point. It's a great point. It's a great point. Justin Reed, give Thank me Justin you. Reed this week. Uh, you know, like I like that one. I, I was watching. This is just a little bit. Just the, I was watching him a little bit earlier this week, and just getting to see his level of comfortability that you got to see throughout the off. You know, throughout the as the season got on, and just the u- ways he's able to be utilized. Um, you know, s- you know, spin him down into the box, let him blitz. Um, you know, I there's just so many different things that they're starting to do with him, and I think he's kind of you know, turn. He's going to turn into the. I think his playmaking ability, I think, is really going to shine this year this is one of those games where you've seen guys like Tyron Matthew come on big and and undercut a play or, um, you know, you see these are these are the kind of games that like a Tyron Matthew would show up in. I think it'll be just to read this time. We're going to take a break. We'll be back right
1: after this. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network.
2: Please feel free to hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. It doesn't matter if you're on YouTube, if you're on audio, whatever. It helps us grow the channel. Make sure you're subscribed to all our our platforms there. Leave a five star review if you're so inclined. Please feel free to go to the golf tournament. Get a team together. We got a few spots left. You will not want to miss it. It's going to be a lot of fun. Let's talk about week nine Chiefs Dolphins in Germany. What's the quality of the roster?
3: I mean, it better be good for as all in as this team is. I, I mean, it it is. They got an awesome wide receiving core. I really like some of the pieces that they have along the offensive line. That Tehran Armstead trade that they made was really good. Paid some dividends. I. Like the running back room a lot. Their defense is you know full of guys that can play really really high level football. Like there's a lot to really like about this. It just the entire question lays around quarterback play in this, and I feel like you know we just did this with a couple of other teams here, but this more so than any. If they get first four weeks of the season, Tua out of this, you know offense. This this is a team that is crazy dangerous that nobody wants to play in the AFC. If they get the rest of the season to a banged up, obviously coming back from concussions and everything like that, they're, they're going to struggle. Like they're, they're going to be what they're going to be. I think they need that quarterback that can do a little bit extra within Mike McDaniel's system to really truly be that level of a team this year. So it really does kind of hinge on him. However, the rest of the roster is pretty damn good.
4: Yeah, the Dolphins roster is good. Uh, Craig kind of there's a team that has clearly gone all in. Um, they've made a bunch of moves to go all in. They won't be able to hold it on for a super long period of time. But for the next couple of years, this roster is going to be one of the more stacked ones in the NFL. The couple of the problems you see. Offensive line is still pretty shaky. They have struggled to fix the offensive line. They've tried adding a bunch of different guys. You can't say Liam Eikenberg, Robert Hunt, Austin Jackson have been big hits. Along the offensive line. Yeah, Taron Armstead's really good still, but he's also getting older. He's also dealt with a lot of injuries. So, like there is no, you know, set in stone, consistent week in and week out great player there. Just overall, the offensive line is mildly concerning, I think. And then you have to deal with what to make of Tua with the concussion history of last year. What does that look like going forward? That's unfortunately got to be something that you mentioned when you talk about Tua right now. It was it was bad last year, it really was. So That's got to be something on the back of your mind. Now, the roster outside of those two positions, really darn good. Like, really, really darn good. They're a great roster, top to bottom from the rest of it, but you have two potential shaky areas. And Tua, even beyond his health, isn't always the best quarterback on the field. He can be really good some days. Other Mm -hmm. days, he's pretty average. And that offensive line doesn't give him a lot of help 24-7. So there's some question marks, I think, on the offensive side, just in terms of the talent. But then they have a coaching staff and talent at other positions that kind of help make up for it.
2: All right, what's the quality of this staff, Craig?
3: I mean, I I (laughs) want to
2: say that it's not as good, and then they went out and they hired
3: Vic Fangio. Vic Fangio elevates this pretty high in my book. Vic has a ton left in the tank. He was a guy that when, you know, was moved on from, decided to take the year off, obviously was consulting a little bit. He moves the needle truly and honestly moves the needle i thought that they were very silly to let some previous defensive coordinators walk out of the building because of the level of play that they brought to the team they obviously did just fine last year they were just they got by just fine vic makes them really really good and i i think that this could be a terrifying defense under vic fangio so that alone, yes, they've got other pieces that are worthy of talking about, but that alone elevated this already pretty okay coaching staff to a really good one in my mind.
4: Uh, I love Mike McDaniel. I think he might be – I've talked about it before, like Sean Payton. I mentioned it, but then I had to walk it back, I believe, and believe on the podcast. Uh, Mike McDaniel might be my favorite non-Chiefs coach in the league right now. Uh, he's a lot of fun. Um, I like, I like his vibe. I like his offense. Everything about him is pretty cool right now. I think he answered a lot of the big questions. My only complaint about him last year was when the wind and snow started picking up. He still let some noodly armed quarterbacks try to throw the ball downfield instead of like playing into it and dealing with and using his run game that had been dominating for much of that game. So, you know, a little bit to learn there, but love the offense, love his vibe, love what he's gotten out of the players. So I give their coaching staff an A-plus. Oh, yeah, then you add Vic Fangio on top of everything that Mike McDaniel brings. Awesome.
2: Love his coaching staff. Absolutely loved them, like if 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 Andy Reid wasn't in town it would be so it would be so entertaining to have Mike McDaniels as your head coach oh yeah like just the most fun and his offense is exceptional and he found ways to utilize some exceptional uh speed on his offense got you know to a highly productive and I think Mike McDaniels really did a lot there to help to if I'm being honest and now you had Vic Fangio who's given the chiefs all kinds of fits over uh over his career. Yeah, I I love <clears throat> I love the stuff. I love them. Absolutely love them. New additions, Craig. How the hell did the
3: NFL allow <laughs> David Long to sign here?
2: Oh. 2
3: years, 11 million dollars. Mm. David Long is one of the better linebackers in the league and this isn't just coming from a guy that had a my guy stamp on him a really long time ago in the in the draft guide this is a guy that really has grown into his role and has become a weapon as a linebacker i think last year was the coming out party for people that weren't like watching linebackers around the league you couldn't take your eyes off of him he was really exceptional last year Now he signs in Miami for two years, $11 million, with linebacker contracts as outrageous as they are right now. There are dudes out here that are making $20 million that are not playing as well as David Long did last year. So I I think that Um, was a steal. That was a hell of a move from them. I'm not sure how they landed him, but that changes that room so significantly for them. I, I think that he is going to be a true signal caller tempo guy on that defense i just an absolutely great move for them
4: well guess i'll go with jalen ramsey that guy that's been the best (laughs) cornerback in the nfl for the past (laughs) half decade has now found his way in miami for a bag of peanuts and like a third round pick um that's cool i guess and oh he gets to play across from guys like Xavier howard and they brought in some other corners in the draft that are also very good so yeah have fun trying to throw the ball in that secondary that has these elite corners all over the place. I'm intrigued how they use Jalen Ramsey. I wonder if they don't start moving around a little bit like a weapon. I think, you know, the Charles Woodson comparisons for him make a lot of sense, especially as he ages up in his career, as you know, Woodson's f- switched from a corner to a safety slash nickel player. I wonder if they start to see Ramsey in that kind of role. Cause I think he can definitely do it. People even talked about it coming out of, you know, the draft or into the draft. So, I'm intrigued. I want to see what happens with Ramsey going forward. And he's also a really good football player.
2: Guys, we might have to throw a funeral.
4: This is for bad. The, I don't like for this
2: for the Legion of zoom because there's a new one in town. Uh, Raheem Mostert, Tyree kill, Jalen waddle, and a new edition of Devin a chain. Yeah. <laughs> this is yeah. just a ridiculous, <laughs> the slowest guy. I just mentioned was a 4 3 2. Yikes. Like what are we doing here? This, <laughs> this is an absolutely insane insanely fast team and Devin Chain apparently has been getting a lot of love uh, from uh, you know from uh, from Miami Beat Riders from the Miami Circles and like his speed's never been in question. Like that dude is just an explosive asset to any offense. He's not your bell cow. But he's a guy that if you, you know, get him go and get him downhill and get him in open space, it's terrifying. And I feel like Mike McDaniels is pretty good at that. Uh, so introducing him into the mix as well as you know having a Raheem Mostert, there's just a ridiculous amount of speed on this at offense and and Devin A chain just continues to add to that. Uh, players to watch, Craig.
3: Um I mean, the Chiefs know this better than anybody, but it's Tyree Kill. Oh. Like, hey, you might want to watch that guy. It, guys, what what do you think the average depth of the saf- the Chiefs' safeties is going to be in this game? Like, it, it's going to be so deep. Tyree Kill wants to run the score up on his old team. He wants to show out against his old team. He has not been quiet about that. Mike McDaniel is the kind of coach, just like Andy Reid, I'm not trying to say that you know he's out of the ordinary here, who is going to force feed an individual like that in a game like this because he knows how much it means to him. He knows how important it is to that individual. Tyreek Hill is going to get targeted so often in this game. They're going to force feed him the ball as often as they can. They want him to be a game breaker against his old team. And I think that this is the type of game going overseas. Maybe you're a little bit sluggish. Your legs aren't quite underneath you. That's the wrong time to have that against a guy with his kind of explosion, his kind of speed and his kind of talent. Kansas city chiefs know this better than anybody. Steve Spagnuolo is not going to be surprised by it, but as we've also seen in Kansas city for a number of years, sometimes it just doesn't matter. Tyreek's still going to beat you. So that's my player to watch.
2: Yeah. I just, what do you think that just it's June, I know. But what do you think the Chiefs are going to do to try to slow down Tyreek? Like I, there's there's a little bit of inevitability to like he's going to get his and they'll be able to find some ways to be like, like what What do you think they're going to try to do to slow Tyreek Hill down?
3: I mean, I, I think that they're, they're obviously bracketing him all game and they're just going to say, hey, listen, if God, it's terrifying to say this, but hey, Jalen Waddle, you can go ahead and beat us, which he will. Hey, but, you know, the run game. Yeah, yes. hey, the run game, go ahead and do that. I, they're obviously going to bracket in. I, it's not something where you're going to say, hey, line up and press the dude because that doesn't – teams have tried that. It doesn't really work either. But you just constantly got to focus and shade that safety over the top of him at all times and just hope that – Once again, like I said, that Mike McDaniel is Mm -hmm. going to sit there and go, we know how important this is to you. So we're going to keep throwing the ball at you despite all that attention and hope that that still works out that way and they don't shift away from it.
4: I think I think I'd almost the opposite. I think I'd almost take one of these big physical corners and just tell him to go beat him up. I'm obviously going to play too high. We're obviously going to keep some guys over the top, but I don't know if I would be dedicating a specific bracket because I think Mike McDaniel and that offense has shown they're kind of good enough to get other guys open. And yeah, Good luck catching Jalen Waddle if you have two guys dedicated to one area of the field. It doesn't work real well. Good luck stopping this run game if you have so many guys dedicated to the deep. Like, I get it. Tyree Kill is a scary player to go against. He can definitely beat you, not by himself, but he can have a huge game that relays indirectly to beating a team. We've seen it as Chiefs fans, but I almost think you just... I almost think you got to take your chances that the, you know, 25% that he is going to beat a press clean and just purely outrun somebody and get by the safety that they hit those plays. I almost think you just have to risk it because if not, you're just dedicating a lot of players. The dolphins have other guys that can beat you outside of Tyree kill. Jalen Waddle can go off. I'm not my favorite player, but like Braxton Barrios is a kind of be a reliable pass catcher for them underneath. They have a good run game, but when they get it dialed in, like, I think they have other ways to beat you if you dedicate too much stuff to stopping Tyree kill. So it's almost like uh, yeah, we know you're going to win some, but we're not going to overplay to that and let everybody else also go off because Tyree kill is going to find a way to get opportunities no matter what you do.
2: That's why you affect the guy that's trying to get him the ball. <laughs> And I, I think the Chiefs have done a pretty good job with some of these, you know, shanny offenses, and they're not a, they're, they're not going to sit on their heels and and let their head spin. Sometimes they're just going to dictate how the games played. They're going to dictate with some pressure. They're going to dictate with some blitzes, and they're going to say, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna you know we'll take a few lumps here or there, but we're you know we're not just going to let you sit on our you know sit we're not going to sit on our heels entirely here. So. You know, I can see them getting after, you know, getting after two a little bit. I, you know, that pressure, that quick pressure is obviously going to be very important. Maybe that's going to, you know, maybe that'll come back here in my non-Chiefs MVP. I don't know, <laughs> but I, I think it's it's everything. You got to affect the quarterback. Uh, you you know, and you got. I mean, he he actually does a decent job with some of these like rail shot type throws, these sideline type mm-hmm. throws, these fade type throws. So, I mean, sometimes that doesn't even matter. But uh, yeah, play a little too high. <laughs> I it, it's. It's not easy. There's a little. There's, a little bit. I can't. I, yeah, just watching, it, watching last season again. Like it's just, it's amazing how much they play. It was static too
3: for so long last season,
2: and it worked. It, it did. was effective. Like they were, you know. How does this team beat the Chiefs, Greg? Whoa, I mean, hold on. My player
4: to watch is Jalen Phillips. I'm just cool. giving a quick shout out because I think we're a season away from him being like one of the best oh, yeah. defensive ends and at 24 years old. You know, young guy. I think we're a year away. Like after the season, he's going to be catapulted into top tier pass rusher. I mean, you watch him against the Bills or whoever last. There was games he just completely took over and was unstoppable. Shout out Jalen Phillips. Uh, great player. Just wanted to get that in there. Okay, go I, on. I, I,
3: want, I wanted to argue that, Kent, but I love Jalen Phillips so much that I was willing to. Let It slide, buddy.
2: Um, that's Maddie's answer on how they beat the Chiefs is Jalen Phillips. So, correct, uh, <laughs> right. yeah, right, I mean, it's
3: not, a, it's not a bad answer there. No, how they beat the Chiefs, they play him in week nine. Oh, wait, they're playing him in week nine. This feels like the time of year where the Kansas City Chiefs are really close to the fest. This is going to be an AFC contender, probably. Um, it feels like one where maybe Andy is holding the playbook and not getting too far into it because. He knows this is a team they might see later on in the playoffs. And he's not going to give Mike McDaniel and Vic Fangio any extra ammunition that they can feast on when it comes to January. So this team is perfectly capable of beating the Chiefs without Andy holding anything back. But I could see a game in week nine overseas. Maybe they're bringing stuff over there. They want to put on a good show. Don't get me wrong. They're going to play hard. They're going to try and play well. But I think Andy's going to be a little bit more vanilla, certainly than we'll see in the playoffs, but maybe then we'll see towards the end of the year. And I think a full throttle Miami Dolphins team that wants to beat this team really, really, really badly can clip them if Andy Reid is playing a little more vanilla.
4: I mean, I, you weren't wrong. I mean, my way that the Dolphins win is Bradley Chubb has a great game, Jalen Phillips dominates. They the Chiefs' offensive tackles, who were un you know unproven with the Chiefs at this point in time, can't handle them. It puts a lot of pressure on the Chiefs. Mike McDaniel on this Dolphins offense is putting points up because they are creating this vertical stretch with a good run game, and then you do have the Chiefs who are keeping it a little tight because it's a contender in the AFC. A week before their bye, halfway through the year, this definitely spells. The this is like the recipe for the Chiefs to drop a game and maybe not even close. I mean, Mahomes only plays close games, but this feels like one of those games that the Chiefs might not just be super in for a while outside of some like late game heroics because it's kind of setting up for a, uh, a kryptonite type of game for them.
2: Yeah, but... Uh, <laughs> I just almost wonder if the fact that this is game is in Germany actually is another advantage Chiefs just because... Yep. Like both these teams are going to have to be on a schedule and adjust and Andy's more equipped to handle these kinds of things. And, you know, I, I just wonder if like just all of that kind of stuff actually benefits the Chiefs even more in this situation. I don't know. It's it's interesting. Who's the Chiefs non Mahomes MVP? Charles
3: O'Minahue um aligning as a three tech no less i think that this interior will struggle with speed with the sort of penetrative ability that charles aminihue brings to the table and as both of you guys have already kind of discussed tua does not handle pressure well and his coach is more than happy to continually let him sit back there and take those hits Uh, you know oh okay well that you know seven step drop didn't really work last time hasn't really worked today we're going to keep trying because we know we can hit those real shots we know we can try and throw ourselves back into a game this is the type of game where you just align charles a as a three tech even though that run game is really 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 good I, i know what know what that is there but align him inside on passing downs have him tee off a little bit and really make life hell for tua Cause then he'll kind of crumble a little bit and that's, that's how they can win this game. So my MVP, Charles, I uh,
4: This is a tricky one. Um, I don't really know which direction to go with it. It makes sense to pick one of the offensive tackles for trying to stop these defensive ends. But here's the thing: even if your defensive ends win, you still got to stop Travis Kelsey if you don't, if you want to stop the Chiefs. And you know, David Long, yeah, he's good. Jerome Baker, athletic linebackers, yada yada. I have not seen a linebacker not named Fred Warner in the NFL that I don't think Travis Kelsey is putting on skates all game long. You might want to go chase him with Jalen Ramsey. We saw how well that worked last year. You might want to go send some other safeties at him. Nah. He's got a lot of experience playing against Vic Fangio. He knows that defense. He'll get open. He'll be the safety valve while that pass rush tries to turn up, while the secondary tries to squeeze everything else out. Give me Travis Kelsey, the veteran leadership, to be the MVP of this team in a game that they might need to rely
3: on him.
2: I'm not comparing Tua Tagovailoa to Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs>
3: <laughs> okay, i I'm not you, doing You that. have me interested. I'm not doing
2: <laughs> it. But I do think the way that Chris Jones affected that game in the Super Bowl late against a similar style offense, uh, against a similar style quarterback, I think, I think Chris Jones with some quick interior pressure dominating along the interior can really affect the outcome of this game. It's a shorter quarterback, and I know that doesn't matter entirely, but... Uh, it's a guy that doesn't handle pre- pressure particularly great. He's not the biggest in stature. Um, he's got a little creativity about trying to get a ball around a guy maybe here and there, but not necessarily to a level that's going to breed consistency. I think Chris Jones can be an absolute terror on on a guy like Tua Tagovailoa. I think he is an MVP for this game because I think he will absolutely wreck this team. I think he's going to do uh, some, some absolute wrecking of the miami dolphins i think this game will mean a little something to be him too he'll have a lot of fun being in germany we're gonna have a lot of fun this weekend thank you everybody that's listened to us this week we appreciate y'all uh we'll uh, catch you later
1: thank you for listening to kc sports network we appreciate your support don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard